pillars to which we must establish in our own lives. First pillar has been meekness, submitting to God his direction in your life. The second pillar is truth, the accuracy and adhering to truth, having loyalty. You know, loyalty in these days is hard to find. Jesus found that so in, in the day when he was walking the earth, trying to find loyalty in just the 12 disciples. Um, third pillar was love, demonstrated by caring, compassion, and helping. Fourth pillar was purity, clear and free, unmixed, undefiled, and faultless. Fifth pillar was righteousness and a tribute to God, right standing. Sixth pillar was trustworthy, loyal, and dependable, no compromise. And I'm going to pray and we'll go on with the seventh pillar. We're on the seventh pillar this morning. So God, I just thank you for the privilege that we have to bring this word to you. We thank you that the anointing is on the word of God and that this seed falls upon good ground, good soil, and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. And so God, Pastor and I are privileged to come before you and share the word of God, and we thank you for the privilege. And I thank you in Jesus' name. I want to say hello to the church in Oregon. We love you, and you are a blessing. So I'll let you go with the seventh pillar this morning okay we'll give an, get a nugget out this morning also so the nugget starts God is not so concerned God is not so concerned about our comfort hmm. God is not so concerned about our comfort as much as our condition. And uh, these last days, um, things are happening. Uh, a lot of Christians are don't have a lot of comfort now, especially in those. Uh, Iraq right now there's a I don't know if it's in Iraq but there's 40,000 Christians on a mountaintop that's half our city almost can you imagine half our city placed in one location and uh, the enemy coming there to destroy them behead them uh, kill them in any way um, so, what's their condition? What's their heart condition? Are they ready? I mean, these people are being martyred. They have pictures already out. Some of these uh, Christians have been uh, just lined up at mass graves, and you see them destroyed, shot, killed, uh, all for not accepting somebody else's religion. So I don't know if it's going to happen that way in our country. It may in latter years from now. But right now, uh, even 
in the military, our men are not, our chaplains are not even supposed to talk about Jesus. How can you be a chaplain and not talk about Jesus? Of course, if you're another type of chaplain, you can say anything you want. On Okay, we better get off that. <clears throat> okay, uh, the seventh pillar that we're going to be looking at if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. That's Matthew chapter 5. In other words, what he's saying is we need to pray. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters. And not only pray for them, but you need to pray for yourself. Get yourself ready. Many of those people were not ready until it happened. But thank God they're standing true to the Lord. They are in eternity with the Lord. Their, their suffering and their persecution is over. Okay. Matthew chapter 5, looking at verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Uh, from the Amplified, it says, Blessed, enjoyed, enviable, happiness, spiritually prosperity, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward condition, are the makers and maintainers of peace, for they shall be called the sons of God. So this morning, it's peacemakers. Amen. Blessedness is what all men pursue. But most form a wrong impression of happiness due to our own delusions. We're happy when we get this. We get it. And it wears out, and you're not happy with it. You're happy when something happens, and all of a sudden it turns bitter, and it, it's, that's not the way it is, okay? Uh, so we have our wrong uh, ideas about it. All men seek happiness, but none know wherein it consists or how to obtain it. Most don't, anyway. The Lord Jesus came to give us another view of being blessed and being a blessed people. Um, being blessed uh, is to remove the, the discouragement of weakness and of the poor by assuring them that the gospel is this dispensation of life. In other words, the gospel is what we need. That's what we have. Glory to God. Okay. Let me give you a definition of peacemaker from the uh, Strong's. No, this this peacemaker first is from the dictionary. Okay. Counselor. Conciliator. Umpire. Referee. From the Strong's. New Testament. Fifteen. 18, one who makes peace in others, having first received the peace of God in his own heart, 
not simply one who makes peace between two parties. So a peacemaker can only be one who has peace themselves with God in his own heart, okay? So that our definition of peacemaker can be a believer who has received and is at peace with God is one that helps others to be reconciled so that harmony and unity will prevail. Peacemakers are blessed for they are working together with the Lord Jesus Christ who came into this world to proclaim the peace on earth. Okay. God the Father is the God of peace. The Son of God is called the Prince of Peace. The Spirit is called the Spirit of Peace. Okay, let's look at some of the duties of a peacemaker. Are you ready? Are you ready? Uh, are you... I'll put this way. How many of these fit your life? I'll put it that way. Are you a peacemaker? Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, looking at verse 24. Do you have anything there yet? Um, yeah, that's the scripture. I hadn't even looked at this, that the Lord's been giving me all morning. Okay. But to go up, up higher. Number... To 22. Okay. Uh, the, the I'll let you do what you got to okay, do. Okay, let's go to verse 24. That's Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Glory to God. Uh, from the Amplified, let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's, that's you and I. Okay. She says she wants to go up to verse 22, so I'll go let ahead. you go from there. I'll go ahead. This is... Um Verse 25 has, God has just been putting that in, in my spirit all morning. And um, we'll start at 22. Let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, and sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith by the leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness, having our bodies sprinkled and purified. Pardon? Having our hearts. I'm sorry. Having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience and our bodies cleanse with pure water. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is, re is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. And let us consider and give attent attentive, 
continuous care, watching over one another, studying how we may stir up, stimulate, and incite to love and helpful needs and noble activities. This is the one. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. For if we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins, no further offering to which to look forward. This is such a heavy, heavy set of scriptures. He says, let us consider and give attention. And he goes on. And then he said, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. You know, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, it's interesting. Every pastor that I've been in contact to talks about less and less people seeing the need to assemble themselves together, yet the Word is very clear about this. I mean, you know, we can preach till we're green or whatever. Ask the Holy Ghost what he means here. Because it talks about a great falling away that, and it's already happening, unfortunately. You know, I know those people in Iraq that are waiting on the mountaintop to be for their food or to be rescued. They would love to be able to sit in church every service they could get to. But there's, they're together up there ministering to the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we need to take that into account. I think sometimes we read, read over some things or skim over some things and we think, well, that's not for us. Yeah, everything is for us in this day. And I praise God that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we can't self-deceive ourselves in this hour at all. So we need to, he said, you know, encourage one another. Give, a, give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. What, do you, what does that mean to you? That To me, that means love one another, encourage one another, but get down and pray for one another like you've never prayed before. Amen? So the definition of the peacemaker in the, in the um, Strong's is one who makes peace in others, having first received the peace of God in his own heart, not simply one who makes peace between two parties. Our definition, de definition, definition will be a believer who has received and is at peace with God is one that helps others to be reconciled so that harmony and unity will prevail. Peacemakers are blessed for they are working together with Christ 
who came into this world to proclaim peace on earth. Hallelujah. Go ahead, sweetie. Amen. Um, slight rabbit trail here. Mm -hmm. Verse 26, once again, from the Amplified. For if we go on deliberately and willingly sinning after once acquiring the knowledge of truth, there is no longer any sacrifice left to atone for our sins, no further offering to which to look forward to. Um, acquiring the knowledge of truth and, and deliberately sinning, where is that grace at? Do you see grace standing tall there? It's not there, and yet people are saying they can do anything they want, and it's covered by grace. That, that scripture right there blows their entire things up. We are supposed to, it says, uh, again, what um, a peacemaker is to uh, make peace between two parties, but it also means you have to rebuke and correct some people sometimes. Somebody, somebody's wrong, but if there's two parties at each other, one has to be wrong at least, or both of them be wrong. Whoa! Mm. Well, I didn't want to really go into that that much, but uh, it just some proof that we talked about. Okay, let's now turn to Second Timothy chapter two. You, you didn't read God is the Father. God the Father is the God of peace. The Son of God is the Prince of Peace, and the Spirit of adoption is the spirit of peace. Hallelujah. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2. <clears throat> peacemaker. We're talking about peacemakers. Look at verse 23. But the foolish and unlearned questions, uh, questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes uh, from the Amplified. But refuse, shut your mind against having nothing to do with uh, triflings, ill-informed, unedifying, stupid <laughs> controversies over ignorant questionings. For you know that they who foster strife breed quarrels. Wow. Wow. So, as a peacemaker, we need to challenge one another in the things of God. We need to learn to be intimate with God in all phases of our life, striving and pursuing to continue in the faith. Amen. We need to get those that are on the fence off the fence, back into the family, you know, of God. Too many Christians are quote, borderline Christians today. Uh, they are uh, trying to walk, walk with God, yet stay in the world. And so they, they don't want to hear what the Word says. They say that's for, for days past, or that's not for our society. We have gone way past, and, you know, the, they're even saying... Uh, Get this one, that Adam and Eve are just a myth. They're teaching that. Wow. I mean, you, Adam and Eve, where did you get Well, 
We need to we need to wake up. People are out there and they're believing every deception out there. So we need to strive. Okay. So don't allow the enemy to get a foothold. Learn to quench every fiery dart that the enemy sends your way. Amen. And uh, since uh, we put out fires or darts, we need to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Anybody know what verse we're going to hit? Nine. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down. Or let's go to verse 4. Verse 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Wow. That means you need to bring, uh, destroy the theories and reasonings and philosophies of the enemy. And you know, today, um, some countries have thought police. If you're thinking one thing or, or speaking something um, counter to being politically correct, you have to take classes. You're, it's mandatory to go, go take classes and become reprogrammed into, quote, the right thinking. Hey, it's happening in our country in some places. Amen. Oh, me. It should be a rejoicing time because we know we're in the last days. You know, I heard a, a well-known minister uh, talk late, late recently he actually put it on his page and it was very interesting to me he said that because he had spent quite a bit of time with Brother Hagen before Brother Hagen died and he said that he was starting to become confused because he saw so many people that were getting off and he thought well is there something wrong with me why well, I'm not following this line of thinking and God spoke to him and, and he really had to get before God on this thing. God spoke to him and said, what does my word say? Always go by my word, not what others say, but by my word. That's why the Bereans were constantly checking the word to make sure it was so. And it's the truth. You know, so many people are following after different doctrines that they weren't taught. And this man, thank God he was open and honest with it, said, I started to think that way. And, and the Lord showed me, no, you follow what I say. You follow what you know and you follow what I say. Don't, don't follow with something that's new, that's come up, that's new. Nothing's new. It's always been around the block one time or another years ago. But don't follow that. Follow what the Word says. Follow what you know in your heart. You know, one thing I know in my heart is that Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if someone's teaching some new revelation that does not go along with faith, then you know it's not going to please God. Amen? So there's, there's such a, 
like I've shared before, if you've ever hung wallpaper, how many have ever hung wallpaper here? It's a blast, let me tell you. Don't like doing it. Have done it twice and we decided we were gonna hang wallpaper in our home in, in Oklahoma when we got there. Well, humidity there is 98%. So we'd run to the bathtub, get the, get the glue on it, get it on the wall, would be on the wall. We'd run and get another piece, the, ex, the second piece, and the first piece would be on the ground. I'm telling you, I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And so finally, <laughs> I just wanted it all up and said, forget it. You know, because you have to sand the wall before you, I said, forget it. We're going to repaint the wall. Just forget it. You know, when something that much trouble, it's not worth continuing on with it. Hallelujah. And so I always think back at that. When you try to push something and it's not working, stop and go back and listen to God. Let's get in his word and listen to his word. Amen. Okay. So we are to quench every fiery dart of the enemy that the enemy sends our way. You know, the other day after, I think I should share this Wednesday night after being on the phone for almost six hours that day, on and off that day. And I, I finally got someone in the Philippines and I, I gave it to pastor. I just said, take this. And then at the end, he handed it back to me. And I thought, you know what? The enemy's going to pay for this. And so I was able to lead that man to the Lord. And I thought, six hours, but God cared enough about that. And this is how I had to look at it finally. I was not looking at it this way in the beginning, let me tell you. God cared enough about that man to go through all that. That was not God's plan, but to get this one man saved and his family. I believe he'll go on and share with his family to get him saved. And we need to begin to look at things as what is the great commission that the, that the Lord gave us to do? Go out and get people set free. Amen. Amen. Serve, worship the Lord your God with all your what? Spirit, soul, body, mind, will, everything you have. Okay. Destructions and theories and reasonings, philosophies and doctrines of devils. <clears throat> They're out there, and it's up to us to keep them out of our minds. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, <clears throat> 1 and 2. From the uh, King James. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now from the Amplified, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of, of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. 
even the things which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Renewing our mind. So we need to evaluate and restructure our thought life. Um, unfortunately, many, many are being deceived today. Uh, we already, you have already heard of uh, Chrislam churches opening up. Uh, that's bad. As far as I'm concerned, you can't mix the two religions together and, and come up with a um, <laughs> peaceable result. Um, did you know that uh, some, some places, they have uh, open bars in churches or serving liquor in churches? Instead of the coffee, now it's liquor. It's, not, it's, it's no longer latte. Now you want something because you can bring more people in. I mean, wow, I mean, that's, that'd be a large church. I mean, you look, at, you, you, look at your, you look at your bars. I mean, they're always filled. I mean, and churches are getting their share of it, you know. Well, we're presenting the gospel, but these people have to be drawn in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I probably would have gone to that kind of church years ago. Okay, Romans 4.17. Thank God Not he quite. was doing that then. Again, evaluate and restructure our thinking for life. We must capture God's thoughts for our own to have knowledge and wisdom to live, in, live and overcome in this world. Amen? Okay. Now Romans chapter 4. You know, it's funny. I talked to my friend that I, she and I raised our kids together, and she now lives in Mississippi, and she was raised Salvation Army. And last week when I talked to her, I don't know if you heard this part of the conversation, I asked her, because she's now serving God, and I asked her, I said, do you remember the night on New Year's Eve when we were in the bar and the woman from the Salvation Army, she was an old woman. She was probably in her 80s. I remember, I, th I don't think she was 60, but she was in her 80s. All by herself, she walked through that wild place, banging on her tambourine and praying. And I asked my friend, I said, do you remember her? And she said, no. And I said, I was under such conviction from that. I mean, you can tell, I remember it now. Here I'm doing the limbo or whatever, and, and Alice said, I can't even believe I could even do the limbo. But I remember stopping, and here's this woman, she went from the front door to the back door, just banging on her tambourine and praying. Well, at least we know one soul got saved out of that. Hallelujah. That's Romans chapter 4. We will look at verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were. I need to read that in the Amplified. Uh, from the Amplified. The it as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. He was appointed our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things that, as he has foretold and promised, as if they had already existed. So calling those things that be not as though they were. 
Thinking like God is effective, or pardon me, thinking like God is effective and will produce the desired results in the kingdom of God and the willing and obedient believer. You call those things, go ahead. No, go ahead and do what you're going to do. No, that was it. It says, speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. As far as God was concerned when he spoke things into existence, when he was speaking the worlds into existence and us into existence, those things were spoken over us and they were promised. He has foretold and promised as if they already existed. We weren't even born yet. He saw us spoke it, and saw us doing those things. <clears throat> it's like the aborted babies. I'm against abortion. But those children, or any child that has died young, had a gifting upon them. And when Jesus returns, they will come back. Many of them will be rulers and reigners in the, la in the thousand years when Jesus is here on the earth. That's going to be powerful. The gifts and callings are without repentance. And we will, whatever, you know, we need to really hook in and say, God, you have a call on my life. You've spoken them into existence. And you start speaking those things into existence that you know that has, what has been said over you or spoken over you. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. Can I read 18 real quick while you're no, turning must it? Go 18, go ahead. For, for Abram, Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hope in faith that he should become a father of many nations as he had been promised. So numberless shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter impotence of his own body which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's dead and wound, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubting, questioning, concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. As you give praise and glory to God, you grow strong and you are empowered by faith. Hallelujah. And because of this, this is why his faith was credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. Hallelujah. Think about that. Go ahead, sweetheart. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4 once again. And we want to go to verse 3. From the King James, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace from the Amplified. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of and productive by or produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. Glory to God. The unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. Having the unity of spirit will remove strife. 
If there's unity of the Spirit, it will remove strife and every evil work, thereby promoting blessings. Hallelujah. That's what a peacemaker is. Brings blessings, promotes blessings. So with that thought in mind, let's turn to Colossians, the book of Colossians. And chapter 3 this time. Colossians chapter 3, we want to look at verse 14. And above all these things, that's Colossians 3, 14. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Or put on love. Okay, from the Amplified, we'll read the same thing. And above all these things put on love and enfold yourselves with the bond of perfectness, which binds everything together together. Completely in ideal harmony. Glory to God, that is a peacemaker. Let's go on to one other scripture on this. First Peter. Let's go to First Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. Verse eight. And above all things. Have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. From the Amplified, above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offense of others. Glory to God. We need to be peacemakers. May... A peacemaker. Amen. Be apparent in every area of our lives. Okay. Um, let's back up a book. Let's go to the book of James, chapter 3 this time. We're talking about the seventh pillar. Of wisdom. So let's uh, look at verse 17 and 18. That's James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is shown, is sown, pardon me, in peace to them that make peace. Uh, from the Amplified. But the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, undefiled, then is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholehearted and straightforwardness, impartial and unfrained, free from doubts, wavering and insincerity. And the harvest of righteousness of conformity to God's will in thought and deed is the fruit of the seed sown in peace to those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others. That peace which means concord, agreement, harmony between individuals which undisturbedness in a peaceful mind free from fear and agitating passions and moral conflicts. Wow, glory to God. Uh, so, 
James 3, 17 and 18 tells us that the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. Without peace, nothing good will come forth. That is the truth. Peace is the perfect ground to plant your seeds in for a godly harvest. Peace is the perfect ground to plant your seeds in for a godly harvest. Now, let's back up to the book of Philippians. That's the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Whoa, glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, it says, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. That's what we just read in James, correct? Okay, Philippians chapter 1. Looking at verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise of God. That's verse 11. Verse 11, that's Philippians 1, 11 from the Amplified now. May you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing, which comes through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, to the honor and praise of God, that his glory may be both man, uh, manifested and recognized. Glory to God. So it should be recognized in our lives. A peacemaker should be recognized in, in our lives. Uh, let's now turn to Romans chapter 14. Wow. This is all on peacemakers. Romans chapter 14, looking at verse 19. Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. From the Amplified, let us therefore definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and for mutual upbuilding, edification, development of one another. That's a peacemaker. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we all raised our hands because we are peacemakers. Amen. Psalms 92. Psalms 92. You know, some people just like to argue about anything. And some people are not in peace. How many know that? They're just not. You say, I've met some. What do you do about it? Pray, and you stay in peace no matter how vile or out of peace they get. Don't ref refuse to get involved in their situations and their talk. Because the minute you step into that, that realm, I've talked about Fred Price that had a series, it was called The Mind, The Arena of Faith. And he would talk about your mind and how it's like a boxing ring. And when you step into that ring, You've got to speak forth the word of God. You've got to think the word of God. You're, you are in a war. We are, if you, whether you know it or not, we're in the middle of a, a spiritual war here. Not here, but here in the world. And Jesus said, my peace I live with you, leave with you. Not, not the peace that the world gives, but 
I'm going to paraphrase this, God's peace, God kind of peace, that's promised us here in this world as we sojourn through it. But people will try to pull you, suck you into, into their circumstances and their situations. And you know, if you've counseled very long, not this group, thank you, but there, there have been times when every time the same old story would come up from the past. And it would be, you've got to get over this thing because you'll never have peace up here or in your heart if you're constantly talking and speaking about the things that people have done to you. I mean, we all have stories. We could all go out to lunch and throw them out all on the table. And what, what, what edification would anyone receive of that? None. None. So go ahead, sweetie. I just wanted to add that. Just we were getting into peace. add a little bit to that. How many of you drive your car looking in the rearview mirror? <laughs> I try not to. <clears throat> I mean, driving forward looking in the rearview mirror. Uh, no. You can't. Well, a lot of people are caught in their past, and they're just wanting to talk about their past all the time. You're not going forward. It's too dangerous. Okay. Psalms 92. Looking at verse, remember we said uh, in James that fruits of righteousness are sown in peace. Remember that? Okay. Now Psalms 92, verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. I'll read it from the Amplified. It's the same. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse uh, 14, go on. They shall bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. From the Amplified, it says, growing in grace. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be uh, full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in uh, vendor and trust, love and contentment. That is being a peacemaker. Glory mm -hmm. to God. Hallelujah. Okay, go back to the New Testament. We're kind of wrapping, getting close to wrapping it up. That would be Galatians chapter 5. While you're turning there, you know, the enemy tries to set you up. How many know that? He'll, try, he'll bring circumstances and situations in your life to set you up to lose your peace. You, you, we need to realize that we have a choice. We can either walk in peace or allow ourselves to get frustrated and flustered and lose our peace. In this hour, one of the most important things that you have is the peace of Jesus. You know, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So that peace has been, for us, has been freely paid for. And the enemy knows that. He doesn't like that. He knows, he knows exactly what Jesus paid the price for. And he knows that peace was one of those. And so the decision's ours. Are we going to yield to the negative? Or are we going to kick the negative out of our life? You know, sometimes it has to be a person or people. You have to literally remove from your life if it's not bringing you peace. If it's not then, and it's, it's keeping you from growing spiritually, 
then you have to remove it. It's up to you to remove it. And you say, God, do this for me. He's not going to do it. It's up to you to take charge of your life, your mind, your body. No one else can do it for you. He will help you, but, but you have to do it first. I mean, it's already been paid for. You have to step in it and walk in it. Hallelujah. Okay. <clears throat> Turning to Galatians chapter 5. What is sown? Galatians chapter 5, looking at verse 23. 22. But the fruit, there's that fruit, of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Glory to God. From the Amplified it reads, But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-constraint, contents. Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Glory to God. These are the fruits of a peacemaker. Galatians chapter 5. Uh, no, pardon me. We already looked at Ephesians chapter 5, looking at verse 9. It says, that's Ephesians 5, 9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. From the Amplified it reads, For the fruit, the effect, the product of the light or the Spirit mm. consists in every form of godly goodness, uprightness of heart, and truthfulness of life. Glory to God. You are peacemakers. Now let's look at a few of these. I think we can get it done. Uh, all the way back to You'll the book, book of Numbers. Old Testament, book of Numbers, chapter 14. If you recall uh, reading this portion of the Bible, Numbers, this is where um, all Israel is rebelling and God had it up to here. Huh. Okay? Yeah, when he gets it up to there, you don't want to be around. <laughs> and so Moses is talking to God. Verse 15, Moses speaking. Now, if thou shalt kill all these people as one man, then the nations which have heard of thy fame of thee will say, speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he, he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great according to as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and great mercy, forgiving in, uh, iniquity and transgressions, and by no means... Uh, Clearing the guilty and um, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, uh, upon the third and fourth generation. Verse 19, pardon, I beseech thee, and the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast uh, given thy people, uh, forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. 
There was a peacemaker. Moses was a peacemaker. Wow. Standing in the gap. Wow. Let's go to the book of uh, Kings. First Kings. First Kings chapter 3. I'm going through my pages. First Kings chapter 3. Here we have King Solomon. There is a discrepancy. If you remember reading this, there's a discrepancy. Two women have children. One dies. And the other one claims, they're both claiming this other child. And, and they're both saying, this is my child, this is my child. So Solomon says, bring me a sword. I'm going to cut this baby in half. And you can both have each, each you know, have half of it. And the mother, true mother said, no, let her have it. So he says, okay, that one's lying, this one. Okay, there is a peacemaker, decision maker, brings forth. Okay, you got that? That was uh, verse 325. The king said, divide the living child in two and give one half to one and one half the other. You just read the rest, so that's... Uh, now let's go to the book of John, chapter 8. And John, chapter 8. Can you believe that other one, that that was okay with her? I'm just going to tell you about it. Um, this woman is caught in adultery. They bring the woman before Jesus. And uh, they're saying, that the law says, pick up a stone and kill her. So Jesus looks at the woman and stoops down and writes in the sand. Imagine he was writing the hearts of uh, the, the men there. And one by one, the men disappear because their sin was exposed. And all of a sudden, there's nobody there. And he says, woman, where's your accusers? And there ain't any, she says. He says, I don't accuse you either, but don't sin no more. So he became a peacemaker. Thank God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. First uh, Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're, we're about done. I got one more scripture after this one. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, men, the man Jesus Christ, the peacemaker. Jesus is a peacemaker, a mediator. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Are you ready to strap this one on? Last one. Second Corinthians. That's Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 18. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, from the King James. And all these things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by 
Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation from the Amplified. But all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. What are we saying here? That we all are reconciled. Uh, reconciled. I can't even get the word out now. Reconciled. That's who we are. In other words, the word for that is peacemaker. We're called to it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. In order to walk totally in wisdom, we must have all seven pillars in operation in our lives to be truly effective. May the zeal of God stir up in each and every one of us to a greater height in this journey of obtaining wisdom. Amen? Well, that concludes the seven pillars. You have to work. Now, you know about them, now you got to work on them. Uh, just like, uh, like our calendar says. Anybody can tell me what the three things our calendar says every month besides the days? <laughs> that way you grab my uh -huh. <laughs> I know Christine knows them. She, she, she types them up. I advise you to all go out there and pick up a calendar. It's in red this month. First word, at one, word once, one phase is exercising anybody. Faith. All right. Second word is developing, walking. Thank you. That's what we're about. Pardon me? Well, I had to make sure it was in red. <laughs> okay, that's, a, what, that's, a, that's what it's all about. We're here not to build buildings. We're here to build people. Okay? Buildings will be destroyed, but people will not be if you're built up. Okay, let's all stand. Father, we're praising you. We're just giving you thanks. I thank the Lord that uh, you've given us a little bit of insight into wisdom. And Lord, help us to gather in, Father God, reap a harvest of each and one of these pillars into our lives. Especially this last one, Father God. Help us, Father God, to be the peacemakers, Father God, that we need to be. We praise you. We just give you thanks. Give us each a great day. Thank you, Lord, that you've blessed our lives coming in and going out. And Father God, that what we speak with our words, Father God, will come to pass. So Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can speak the positive, speaking your word always. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.